I think Alabama is deeper than they get credit for. They have a lot of really, really talented athletes. This was such an electric routine. I had a smile on my face the whole time. The double layout that she keeps pretty hollow most of the way around and absolutely nailed it. Did you just judge shame the wrong person? So here's my theory on that. Yeah, let me just kiss the roof and hit the gas. Double Back with Kenty Mac. Welcome to season two of Double Back with Kenty Mac. Each week, I'll watch a meet and discuss it with a friend. This week, please welcome Amy. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So we thought it might be fun to look at Alabama and Georgia because we both have some ties to Alabama and Georgia. So you grew up in Atlanta, right? I did. I was in South Georgia till I was 12, 13, and then we moved to Atlanta. And But I grew up 100% a Georgia Bulldog fan. Both my parents went there. My grandparents lived in Athens. Spent a lot of my childhood in Athens doing Georgia Bulldogs sort of thing. That's the home team and always will be, even though I haven't lived in Georgia in a minute. That's amazing. And so tell Alabama. Me, You're an actual like alum. That's right. So I grew up in North Alabama and I attended the University of Alabama. Actually, fun fact, my first ever live gymnastics meet that I went to when I was a junior in high school, my parents took me down to the national championships, which was at the University of Alabama in 91. Hope Spivey's first year when she got all the tens and did oh, all yeah. the full ends. Nice. That was a... But, Tiny bit before my time, before I really started following, Barcelona was my, oh my God, what is the sport I'm obsessed here? And then from there, it's like, this, there's a college version of this. And that just, got you into elite and NCAA. Well, I went elite, like hardcore. I'm suddenly a super fan because I went to Wake Forest, which had no gymnastics team. And I was like, well, I think Georgia has one. So I looked him up. I was like, oh yeah, they have a really good one. Oh, yeah. I think Georgia has one. Really, really good. (laughs) I guess I'm a fan. That's amazing. Yeah. So then I attended University of Alabama. I was in the same class with Kim Kelly and Marna Neubauer. So their four years there were my four years. Dee Dee Foster was a senior my freshman year. So I got to see one season of that class compete. And then right after me, Meredith Willard started that next year. So that was kind of the time that I was there with that group. Yeah. So that'd be where we kind of cross paths because I did a year at Georgia, a graduate year, looking at possibly getting a sports psychology degree, which I did not end up doing, but had a really fun couple of years in Athens. And Meredith was a senior that year. Didn't she win as a junior? She won the all around as a junior. Yeah. She won in 96 as a junior. The only athlete to beat Kentucky's Jenny Hansen in the all-around. So that was the one year that Jenny Hansen fell at Nationals and Meredith won. Yeah, right. Uh, so, but yeah. Leah Brown was very much in contention with that title, too. A moment for the great Leah Brown. Love her. <laughs> so <laughs> fabulous. That huge pike full in. You know, she's like 5'8", right? Really tall. I want to ask you about a couple of the athletes currently on Georgia's team, because it looks like there's a few tall ones on the team now. But yeah, Leah Brown was so impressive. She was a goddess. (laughs) So beautiful. She's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. She's a doctor now and just incredibly talented and so kind. She's such a kind heart. I absolutely loved her. 
I think this week a video resurfaced on Twitter and you're in the background. Can you I'm, tell us about I'm your time? Claire at the end of the ball. Probably screaming my face off. Yeah. Tell us about your time working with Suzanne and all that. Yeah. So the the story is that I was at Georgia and I wanted to do something with the gymnastics team while I was there. And I stepped in front of Suzanne in the parking lot outside of Stegman Coliseum as she was leaving her office. I was like, hi, I'm Amy. I want to work for you. And she said, oh, okay. I don't have any jobs. I was like, well, that's okay. You don't have to pay me. So she said, come to my office on Friday. I did. And she started giving me stuff to do. She and my grandfather were in the Rotary Club together. And he nagged her relentlessly to pay me because my grandparents were financing my graduate year. (laughs) Can you just give her a little spending money? (laughs) So I made, I want to say, $4.25 an hour for 19 hours a week. Wow. And this was the... 97 competition season. This is the 97 season. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Whatever I was told, I made scrapbooks for the team and carried Suzanne's stuff around at meets. And she was just really, really generous and just let me like be there and be part of it. Were you at the home and the away meets? Did you travel with the team? Yeah, I did. I went to Kentucky. I went to Tuscaloosa. I went to Nationals in Gainesville. I feel like there were a couple, like maybe they, they took a longer flight. And I didn't go, but I would have to, I would have to look back. For, for the most part, I was there and present and on the floor, except in the postseason when you had to be credentialed and they didn't have. They limit the numbers. Yeah. They limit the numbers. So, yeah. But I was like in the stands, great seats. Like Suzanne was super, super generous with me. And I will never forget that year. It was so fun. A couple of quick quiz questions before we jump into this week's meet. And that's scary. This is a, this is a surprise. Yikes. Favorite Georgia gymnast at the time? Oh, wow. That's, I mean, you're asking me to choose a family member. My favorite in terms of gymnastics or personality? Whatever you think. Okay. So my favorite to hang out with was Karen Litchie. She was really sweet and I enjoyed her company. My favorite to watch was Kim Arnold because she was so dynamic and just absolutely amazing. She was amazing. I love seeing her daughter at the Yes. I know it's been so fun to watch Elena because not only did I know Kim, but I knew Pete. I knew her dad because Kim and Pete were dating at the time. And when the team was off doing their thing and I was at the bar, I was at the bar with Peter Ennis and Lisa Kirk's boyfriend, now husband. And yeah, I'm glad to hear that Karen Litchie was fun to hang out with because, you know, she was really, really sweet. We all know her from the 40 and the amazing, you know, routines that she would do. But it's cool to hear that she's a great great person too. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked her. She was super, super sweet. But honestly, that whole team was really sweet. Jenny Bethard, I absolutely loved. She was so fun. Brooke Anderson, I became close with. She was a freshman. It was a small team. I think there were only 12 of them. Like, I think it was like 100% scholarship team at the time. And they were just all really, really lovely people. My first year at Bama, this is when I was still trying to figure out how it all worked, how many people can be on the team and all that. Bama always had 12, and that particular year, Georgia always had 10. So I didn't know if they had a couple people injured back home or whatever, but at the time it was like, oh, Georgia always brings 10, and Bama has 12, and that's just kind of how I thought it worked. So it was later when I found (laughs) oh, there's 12 scholars. Bama gets two bonus athletes. (laughs) At the time, I remember thinking, like, why doesn't Georgia have 12 if you can have 12? But 
Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe they didn't dress them out or they didn't travel them at those particular meets or something. But Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's a relatively new thing that there are all these walk-ons on teams. That was very rare when I was at Bama. There would okay. maybe be one or two walk-ons and they very rarely performed. And they very rarely stayed with the team all four years. Okay. So it, it wasn't as big of a part of it as it is now. And obviously now with NIL, whether you are on scholarship or not, it doesn't really inhibit your opportunity to make lineups and make money and the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. There was definitely a walk-on at Georgia mm, two or three years later. I think her name was Kelly. And it was like, I guess at the time, there was a pretty distinct separation because she didn't always get to travel. It was like they had, you know, you can yeah. take this many people, you've got this many credentials. Yeah, I'd kind of forgotten about that. It was much the same with Bama. Yeah, they were not always incorporated with the team the way that they Yeah. Were. Yeah. Interesting. I you think, know, Rutgers I, has like, what, 37 people on uh, their own You know, credit to the coaches. The coaches are always looking for how can we get one up on the other team, right? They want to contend for championships. So looking at that walk-on, adding to their depth, offering other things. I think Bama certainly over the years has offered academic scholarships to certain people in order to enhance their numbers a little bit. So it's really become a competitive advantage for some of these teams that really can build extra depth with their walk-ons. Yeah. It seems to be just a coaching preference too, because I have spoken to Bev Plocky and we were kind of talking about roster size. And one of her things is that she wants everybody to have a chance to be competitive and to be part of the team. And, you know, people complain all the time that she doesn't utilize her freshmen, but she's building them, right? Like they're, right. they're getting there. They also have a lot of injuries that they're working through. And she's smart not to throw them into the ring when their bodies aren't quite ready. But it's obviously like a very different sort of philosophy to, you want to be part of the team? Sure, come walk on. You'll probably never see the mat, but be part of the team. Like just a different way of, of approaching it as a coach. Yeah. yeah. Well, to answer the same question that I just asked you, one of my favorite Georgia gymnasts at that time, this might've been a little bit before you were there, but Heather Stepp was always one that really impressed me. She yes. was just very, she had so much power and height on her tumbling and her vaulting. And I just always loved watching her gymnastics. This was, of course, the time when Georgia, Alabama would do the home oh, away double every year. That. Yeah, I think yeah. that was really I cool. I wanted to talk to you about that. Like, that was amazing because, I mean, let's be honest, it was really Georgia versus Alabama and that was NCAA gymnastics, right? That was it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Greg Marson has entered the chat, but <laughs> during those years, it was us against you and yeah. somebody's going to take it home unless somebody really came in big to spoil. To do that home away, it meant all the Bama fans got to see the home meet. Yep. All the Georgia fans got to see the home meet every season. So it didn't have to rotate back and forth and skip a year. It was really a cool marketing opportunity credit to sarah and suzanne they knew what they were doing they were so savvy they were so smart about it yeah yeah they knew what they were doing and they played their roles anyhow i'm sorry i feel like you were about to say something about heather step and i stepped in your oh i was just gonna say she's super super sweet when i decided to go to nationals in 2019 she was running ticket department and i contacted her and was like 
can I come sit in the Georgia section? And she fully made it happen. Cool. It's really, really lovely. Cool. She's, she's great. Love her. One of my favorite Bama gymnasts during this time was Meredith Willard. Mm-hmm. I thought she was so different than a lot of the other athletes. I think from reading International Gymnast at the time, I think she was recruited as a level nine, which was very rare then. And I think never happens now. Correct. She had a whole different sort of skill set than a yeah. lot of other athletes did. And she continued adding to her skills throughout college. She started with an easier bars dismount. She learned a double layout while she was at Bama, added skills on other routines as well. But she was one of my favorites and sort of capped it off with that national all-around championship. Yeah, she made a mark for herself. No, she was fantastic. When was Gina Rice there? Was that then or was it just after that? I think that was just after, yeah. I think so too. But I loved her. I was a big fan of, of Gina Rice. She was and one of my course, favorites to watch. Sister in gymnastics, we gotta love it. So Gina Rice, his younger sister, of course, Ashley Nett, big star for LSU, now sure, one of the yeah. coaches at LSU. But yeah, Gina Rice was terrific as oh well. She talked about a pipe full in. <laughs> loved, loved watching her. I do remember seeing her in person. Do you know who spent her freshman year on the Alabama team? Who's that? Bev Plucky. Yes. Oh, was she not there all four? Mm-mm, she transferred to West Virginia. Ah. I knew she had been on the Bama team and there's yeah. pictures one year. in the media guide. Like, oh, there's Ben. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's, it's a small world, this gymnastics community. Everybody is connected somehow. Either my freshman or sophomore year was the year that they downgraded the handspring front tuck to a 9-9. Okay. So the handspring front tuck had been the 10. They downgraded it to the 9-9. So for most of my college career, we were seeing what we've just seen in NCAA like the last three or four years is that stretch to get the new 10 vaults. And so back then it was, can you upgrade to the handspring front tuck half, the handspring front pike? Some were doing the front pike half, of course, Leah Brown was doing it practically laid out. <laughs> they weren't allowing your chinkos at the time. So it was like, you can't do the handspring front tuck, but you got to find something else that's worth a 10. But they did get two vaults still. Yes. And I don't remember when they stopped that. Was it at the same right. time they stopped it with Elite? You could just get one vault instead of two and you keep your best score? I don't think it matched Elite exactly. No. No. But you're right. I had forgotten about that. That That's what they would do that first season is people would do their first vault, the handspring front tuck. And once they got a good score under their belt, then they like could go for the upgrade. Yeah. yeah. So that actually... Would have been a good idea when they downgraded the Yurchenko full. Let him do a solid Yurchenko full and get a score and then go for the full and a half or the double or something. Right. Yeah. I don't remember when that changed. Yeah. It kind of feels like it went back and forth. It was two and then it was one and it was a different family and it was the same family. And it was kind of, I don't feel like Elite ever kind of nailed that, but I did like it with Khaled. Completely forgotten that, Kent, that they made them do two families for a while. Yeah. Even Which the all-rounders. Bananas. Why do the all-rounders have to do two families? <laughs> yeah. I, oh, my gosh. I forgot about that. That's kind of crazy. Because that's that's extra training. Like, that's a whole other thing you have to learn. For someone who's never going to be in the vault final. I mean, right. Of course. Then you have the competition where Shannon Miller would make the vault final. You would have to do her handprint front talk. And, right. And <laughs> had no second vault. Which is so stupid. Like, oh, my gosh. I feel like the way it's done has improved, even though you don't have as many people vying for the vault final, like just 
let it be known. Are you a vaulter or not? And if you're not, you don't have to do all this extra nonsense. That's right. Because Shana's second vault was a throwaway. Yeah. Yep. One thing she's I never w- going to meddle doing that. So it was just silly. And she and was, she was taking up a spot. spot. Exactly. She was taking a spot in the vault final for someone who might have two great vaults from some right. other country. Right. That's one thing I wish they would change in Elite. If you have five on the team and only three or four can go, USA generally has to sit someone on bars who has a great bar set. I wish they could do the bars for their individual. And whether that means they were trying to go for the all-around or they were trying to go for bars finals, if they weren't in the four for the US, I wish they could still just do it for a score towards their all-around or their event finals. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of go back and forth. Like, I'm such a huge fan of all-arounders. And Mm. over-specializing sort of feels like you're compartmentalizing the sport too much. Because a great gymnast, to me, is an all-arounder. Oh, yeah. You can be a great beamer. You're an amazing beamer. But I'm probably going to get some hate for this. But I I don't know. I just feel like to be, like, the best of the best in gymnastics, you really need to be an all-arounder. You need to be the best at all four events. So I kind of miss the days when everybody had to do all around. But at the same time, you're asking people who are not great at one event to spend too much time training that when they could be even better at the other events. I don't know. It's it's a fine line. I think you're showing that we came of age in the 90s watching (laughs) all these teams that had very small rosters and relied on the all arounders. I mean, we loved the all arounders. Yeah. And elite at that time was all around. Everybody did right. all around. Well, it's really elite that I'm speaking to. Like, mm. I feel I feel less strongly about that in NCAA because at that point, like, they've already shown what they're able to do. And, you know, like a, a Miley O'Keefe or a, a Reagan Smith, like, you're a phenomenal gymnast with your three events. Like, I'm not arguing that. I'm thinking more of elite, like, Mm. I don't know. You're right. We're showing our age. But, but, Me, but, like, historically, the most amazing elite gymnasts are the all-arounders. But absolutely. then, you know what? If Vanessa Atler didn't have to train bars, our lives would look very different. That's right. Right? That's right. So, I don't know. Who am I? Who am I? We wouldn't be here working out our feelings on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> In Fort Worth. <laughs> Meaning Vanessa would be like, oh. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I do love the all-arounders. I did love that moment in time when we had Chung Fei, Adelina Ponor, and Alicia Sacramoni, who suddenly were valuable to their teams and winning world medals and all of that with their three events. Whereas just five years before that, they wouldn't have been on teams without those bars routines. And I think that's pretty common that there's an athlete that's great on three and maybe not so great on bars. And then there's these... Folks who are amazing on bars. So I do like that they found a way for people to really shine if they don't have bars. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I obviously have very complicated feelings about this that I haven't worked out in therapy. Um, That's over here. (laughs) That's why we do podcasts. And as long as there is an all-around competition, we're going to get our all-arounders. That's right. So. That's right. I don't know. And look, I'm not I'm not pushing a Tom Forster mentality. You have to be an all arounder to make the team. Don't don't at me on that. That's not what I'm <laughs> no one wants to go back there. I'm just, I'm just working through some some trauma here. <laughs> it's interesting because I think six four four or six three three 
where we kind of started with elite and now it's gone to the five, three, three. I think that has put more emphasis on being better at more events. I think you could have that one person doing just one event in six, three, three, whereas now that we're at five, three, three, you kind of need to be mostly an all rounder to be on this team. I mean, where do you, where do you stand on not being able to drop a score in these? For NCAA? No, in elite. I like the three up three count team final. I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's room for like the best team to have one bad. I mean, I guess that's part of it. I don't know. Don't have a bad day on the wrong day, but I don't know. I just miss Atlanta, man. I miss 765. Like what's wrong with that? That's true. The only competition ever that was 765, right? No, but you're right. It it led to Great Britain winning the bronze this year, right? Because they went through cleanly and no other teams went through cleanly like that. Right. So it, it made it really exciting. But I hear what you're saying. It does change the outcome when somebody falls off being a <laughs> Yeah, it changes everything. Yeah. Some people are pulling for that to happen in NCAA for to move to five up five count at least toward the end of the season or postseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I've been around. I've been around too long. I don't know how I feel about that. Like that's not. That's not how we do it, Ken. Yeah, yeah. I'm generally averse to change. I kind of like <laughs> it to stay the way it is. That's what it is. Oh my god. I'm not yeah. open to change. I like that we still have the ten o. I like that we still have six up five count, and the sports become super popular. So let's not change some of those things that got us there i feel like a lot of the changes in elite while they're probably best for the sport are a little rough on the fan base Mm -hmm. at least like growing it because you kind of have to be a rocket scientist to understand how the scores are put together and look nbc is not helping right that traffic light does not help me understand anything it's addition. It's really, it's not that hard. They make it harder than it needs to be. And they keep trying changing, to dumb it down. They keep changing the definition of the traffic light. Like, oh, that doesn't really work on vault anymore. So we're going to change it to this. Or we're going to change it to that. And it's, yeah, it's not helping people right. understand the sport. Not in the least. Like, just tell me this person has this much higher start value. I can understand mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And she lost this much in deductions. I can understand that too. But like, oh, yellow. It's yellow. Yikes. Do I run the light or not? I don't know. <laughs> How close am yellow I? means hit the gas, right? Yeah, exactly. Kiss the roof and hit the gas. Yellow <laughs> means kiss the roof and hit the gas. Oh, 90s babies are here. That's right. Here we are. So we yeah. both watched Georgia hosting Alabama last night. I have some thoughts. Do you have some thoughts? I have some thoughts, too. Okay, let's talk about those thoughts. I'd love to hear your thoughts. My first thought is that I almost burst into tears when I saw both teams wearing green ribbons in their hair because I'm an hour from Michigan State and I am 45 minutes from Oxford. And we have had two horrific school shootings in a year and a half. I'm also the mom of a high schooler who's getting ready to look at colleges. It's so horrific and it's really, really close to home and personal for me. Mm-hmm. So my, my original home team and original rival showing love for my current like 
I'm a Michigan fan, but I'm also completely obsessed with Michigan State's gymnastics team. This is my my community, you know, whether I root for their sports teams or not. Like, this is where I live and what I'm about right now. And that just really, like, it, it warmed my heart and made me sad that it was necessary all at the same time. Yeah, I loved seeing that too. And I also loved seeing all the Big Ten teams posting the Spartan Strong. Yep. Michigan State logo and colors on their social media channels this week. It really just shows that beyond sports, it's a community that really cares for each other. And, you know, we're all wanting the best for the Michigan State community and our hearts are there. So sorry that everyone's having to go through this really difficult time. That's so messed up. But I really appreciate that. Arkansas had green ribbons as well. I'm sure other teams did too that I'm not remembering, but that was kind of an immediate, oh, Wow, that's yeah. really, really, really kind and inclusive, and I appreciate that. I think we forget that these athletes know each other. Like, for the fans, it's like, you versus me. But, like, there was, I think, on Josie's social media, maybe, there was a picture of of her and Sarah Cohen and, oh, I'm forgetting, Jordan Paradise and maybe Shallon, like, They know each other. They've competed against each other. A lot of them probably train together. Like they're very, very interconnected. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's easy to be like, I hate Mama, but. But they don't feel that way. They want to win. Of course they want to win, but they also, you know, those are their friends and they work together. And they've all been through something that none of us can even imagine, right? They've all been through being an elite gymnast, training their whole lives for this sport. Right. They all understand each other in a deep way. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We didn't go through the ranch, Kent. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. Thank God. I don't know that I could have made it through the ranch. Oh, I would not. <laughs> I would not. So Georgia started on vaults. Mm-hmm. I feel like they've been playing with these lineups a little bit. I had not seen Haley DeYoung be the leadoff. Unless I had forgotten in previous meets, but she led off. Katie Finnegan was one of the standouts for me in the first part of the lineup. I thought she showed a really powerful Yurchenko fall, a little scoot, but hip angle was very open. Really nice job from Katie Finnegan. Yeah. She's having a really good year. Mm-hmm. What stood out to me about Georgia's vault lineup is, wow, I really hope that they can start getting some 10 start values because they're just behind the eight ball from the beginning and hopefully like with recruiting and, and whatever they can they can start building that a little bit but then Soraya goes and has the only 10 vault and gets the lowest score that gets dropped so it's it's a good choice what yeah. they're doing like to do 995 vaults cleanly versus chucking a bunch of 10s that they're not ready for it's it's a smarter coaching decision this is not a slight at Alabama in the least I promise even though they're my least favorite team but I felt like the result last night was a bigger win for Georgia than it was for Alabama, even oh, though sure. I took the W. Because sure. after the couple of years that Georgia has had to go 197, 325 and come within two tenths of Alabama with one 10 start value on vault, like that's a massive, massive turnaround. And Absolutely. a huge confidence boost for them. And I mean, had you know, a couple of things been slightly different, they could have won last night. So, yep, highest score of the season so far. It was really great to see Georgia put together a very complete looking meet, really strong on all the pieces. And like you said, at where they are at this moment, 
is maximizing the score on these big Yurchenko foals, making sure they're really open, best landings they possibly can. That's where they were, and they did a great job at it. Their vibe is so different this year. I saw them the first meet of the season. I saw them at Michigan last year, and they looked so disjointed and like weren't even really interacting that much with each other. And this year, they were like bouncing around and laughing and having fun. Like something major has shifted. And as a fan of the team and even just of the sport, it's so good to see. Yeah. 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 Georgia should not be 32nd, Kent. That should not be <laughs> how the world works. Right. That's way too much chaos. That's right. Like chaos, but not, not that much and definitely not for my team. So I'm just really, really happy to see this culture shift and to see them having fun. I'm going to give a lot of the credit to Josie because <laughs> I don't know how you even can be in the same room as Josie Hanchini and not be happy and having fun. Did you see her photo bomb Courtney during her interview? Yes. She was waving oh and jumping around with her crazy little hair. And she's yeah. like, hey, mom. freaking love her. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. Oh, it was fun to see Molly Court there too. I like this little Kentucky piece of the puzzle coming over to Georgia. Does her dad come to the Georgia meets? Oh, I don't know. Remember the dad that one year? Jesse's dad dressed full out. Oh, good. Yeah. I remember Kentucky, like once Molly graduated, Mr. Agedy stepped up as the dad in the crowd. And he's good for him. Riding that out of Georgia too, which is we were missing Mr. Course, so that's good. He so missed Mr. Course. <laughs> but Josie had not been competing on maybe just one or two pieces at some meets this season. So I was glad to see her back in in three events. Mm -hmm. Do you know if maybe she was just dealing with a small injury or something? So my understanding is that she started off on bars and beam. She's done bars, I, I think, every meet. Pretty consistently, yeah. Yeah. Beam, I think something happened. Maybe she had like a slight injury with beam and they pulled her for two or three weeks. And now she's back on beam and she hit a beautiful beam. Oh, her beam was the best of the whole lineup, I thought. It was fantastic. Yeah. I, I'm no judge, but I thought her beam was a little underscored it definitely was not equivalent to the other two 9925s that happened it in that rotation not. it was not so maybe she was 995 they were nine i don't know but yeah it was it was by far the superior beam of that rotation absolutely and that was josie beam like that's what we've been waiting to see because that's what we saw at kentucky and then vault she's been showing on her social media that she was training they she showed like into the pit and then hard landings. And then she, I think, I think last week was her first time in the ball lineup. That, that's right. Mm -hmm. Great height on that vault. I thought the landing was just a little bit out of control, but she showed one of the better pops off the horse, I thought. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And then Naya Howard also stood out to me. I just thought her dynamics were really strong. Isn't they showed that weird angle from the roof or whatever when she vaulted. Do you remember that? No. <laughs> What's happening with this camera angle now? But she showed really nice height and distance. Like a bird's eye view? Um, yeah, it was like from much higher in the arena. Like I a wider I view. Network from... Plus does that sometimes. Like they did that for a Michigan State meet where like, you see the entire bars rotation from the roof. I'm like, what? What is this? I this is don't know if she hit the handstand. Yeah, I don't know. Weird. Yeah, Naya Howard, I think a lot of people slept on her. I drafted her two or three times in fantasy. 
Good and, for you. And very, very glad I did. And I think she got picked up by everybody who had left her in the trading pool immediately after. You know, we were all talking about Jeffrey Scott, who is also great. But Naya is an all-arounder. And I feel like she's going to be one of those names that we talk about in years to come as having yeah. a, a big, a big name at Georgia. She had a great meet last night. She did. Did so all. strong yeah. in the all-around. Yeah. yeah. She looks great on every event. Yeah. Yeah. So in the first rotation, Bama was on bars. Mm -hmm. I thought Lily led them out so strongly. Lily Hudson in the first spot. Yeah. Her handstands looked good. Stuck her double tug. Couldn't really ask for a better leadoff than that. Yeah, that's a smart leadoff to me. Like, she's very, very reliable. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was happy to see Karis German in this lineup. She I just too, because we didn't get to see Metroplex. So I didn't even know that she competed last week. Yeah, so just her second time, she opened with a Rikna, the straddle to Kachev. I thought her form was really pretty. Her double layout showed a little bit of leg separation at the end and a small hop, and that led to a 9.775. But once she cleans that up, I think that's going to be a really strong routine as well. My understanding was that she was injured and we might not see her at all this season. So that's exciting to have her late in the season here. Yeah, really glad to see her. season. How is it even possible? I feel like we just started. What's happening? Is it week seven already? What? <laughs> they were talking about, you know, if Grace is out, it's too late to redshirt because we're so like late in the season. It's like, oh, yeah. I hate that. I hate that for her. I hope she's okay. Absolutely. Know? Yeah, oh. and she's too young to get a COVID year, right? That's right. She so. missed that. What a mess they made of that whole thing here's what i've started to realize 2026 a lot of these teams are going to fall off the edge of the cliff you're absolutely right it's 2025 you've got your 2021 class all having their super senior year and you have yeah. your 2022 class having their senior year and then all these teams are going to lose both classes for 2026 yeah you're right it's going to be remarkable to see what these lineups look like in 2026 yeah yeah, these coaches better be recruiting hard for that year. You know, and the teams like Florida who have 15 world medalists on the bench, <laughs> they'll be fine. It's going to be what this next tier of teams is doing to really build that depth through the sophomores and juniors so that they don't have this huge fall off in 2026. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I'll just never get over the 2020 seniors <laughs> not getting an extra year it's garbage it's the worst ever it's the worst. It's the worst. that's One that's the, the class decisions that... in history garbage decision anyway garbage. i can go on about that all night oh in my notes i have naya with an exclamation point like not even anything specific oh. just naya such a good ball huge nearly stuck the other young bars for bama i thought luisa blanco had a really strong routine doesn't she always such pretty form. It's just whether she's going to get that landing on her full end. But totally nailed this one. You know, no leans or weird stuff happening. I feel like Louisa's one of those athletes where Kathy Johnson always says this, right? Like, you just sit back and relax. Like, I 100% feel that about Louisa. Like, the girl's going to hit. This is how it is. I mean, she had that bay monster come up and get her a couple of weeks ago where she fell and you know, everybody falls once, but that's right. No, that's I, I just, right. Okay, you're right. I should put it out of my mind. Relax. Yeah. Luis is gonna be fine. I just feel like she's one of those. It's just like, okay, well, she's obviously gonna hit. 
So it was after this rotation that John was joking with Alicia about, well, in your job, you can tell us whether Simone's coming back or not. Did you hear this part? I did, yeah. And Alicia's like, "Uh, I don't really know if I can say anything, but she is back in the gym. And I thought, oh, that's saying something. It's saying something. I was glad to hear that Simone's back in the gym. Right. Thanks, Alicia. I mean, maybe she's planning to tumble down the aisle. We don't know what she's doing. That's right. She's doing what she wants to do. Yeah. If she wants to do a double-double in a wedding dress and catch the bouquet. <laughs> when she it's lands. still going to be the best double-double. It's going to be the best. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I feel like John put Alicia on the spot more than once last night. Yeah. Right? So rotation two, Bama went to vault. They did show five 10 vaults. I thought they were trying a little too hard for the sticks. There were a little bit of holding back, steps backward. Makari mm-hmm. had a very strange off-center landing on hers. It took a big step to the side. Lily Hudson, I thought, again, was a big standout for me. I thought okay, I have was... a question that I wrote down about her. Does she always do that little pre-vault dance? <laughs> Is that a thing? <laughs> it works. It absolutely worked. No, I saw that. It was like she was psyching herself up. Like, we're... <laughs> We're going to make this a big one. I didn't one. know if We're that was her, like, her tradition. I don't her know. superstition that she... I'll be watching now to watch. see if she does it again. I know. I'm definitely <laughs> watching next time. But yeah, she she nailed that ball. Yeah. And, and my thought there was, even though it was a little scoot back, I thought it really should score better than the other Georgia Vaults. And it did score a 9-9. So I thought, okay, in terms of a check-in on how the judging is going to be on this meet, they got it right in terms of that. Yeah. No, I thought the judging was at least consistent across events, right? Like yeah. the floor was loose, but it was loose for both of them. And I was getting a little worked up when Alabama was on floor and they were getting some gifts. But I was like, they better give these safe gifts to Georgia or I'm going to be mad. But obviously I want the scores to be correct. Correct is best, but at least be consistent. And I, I think it was for the most part. Only toward the end of the meet, I started thinking, "Mm, it's getting a little looser now. Like those last three beam routines for Georgia, the judges weren't separating the differences in those three routines, I thought. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Go see, absolutely. 9925, 995, something in that range was right on. The other two with some wobbles, I thought, "Mm, they probably shouldn't be scoring the same as Josie. Was it Vanessa? Vanessa and... Haley. Haley. Both got 9925s as well as Josie, yeah. Josie's was definitely better than Haley's. Don't remember Vanessa's specifically. I want to know why we're not seeing her on floor and possibly vault. I assumed we would see Vanessa on at least three pieces all season. Yeah. They mentioned she only competed two years for OU and didn't compete in 2022. I thought, I wonder if Courtney's trying to work a little red shirt year to get Three years of eligibility for Vanessa, Georgia. Oh, I never even thought about that, but I like it. So she competed that 2021 season. So that would mean she could potentially be a gym dog for three years, which would be great. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, She has some like lingering injuries that they're pacing. I'm all for that. That's right. Maybe I'm surprised we haven't seen anything from her on floor that I'm aware of. Because she's beautiful on floor. Okay, was it bars when Jeffrey Scott did her, hey, check me out after 
her landing. Amazing. Yes. So she did her double layout, stuck it, looked over her shoulder at the judge. You you saw that, right? Like you saw that. <laughs> stuck that. It was fantastic. I, I thought her routine was great. Yeah. Give me the gift of that. I'll use it over and over again. And then they went back to it and showed it after the next rotation as well. So that was great. Yeah, they they they, they noticed. That was amazing. I also thought Nia Howard was so outstanding on the bars. Uh, she does a church, so the toe on Pike Takacha. You don't see very many of those in NCAA. I thought the discount was a little scrappy, giant pull into double tuck. It kind of looked like, oh, where's it going? But she stuck it. So she knew exactly where she was. And I wondered how tall she is because she looks like she a... She looks tall, doesn't she? She does. And yeah. Georgia's sight doesn't say. So I'm curious how tall Nia Howard is. Somebody tell us. Someone will tell us. <laughs> um, I feel like she's just going to get cleaner and sort of lock in. I just see really, really great things for her. Also on vault, Shallon, sometimes this year, Chanko double doesn't go right. This was a good one. Really nice near stick. She doesn't get a ton of height on it. She's more of a quick kind of yeah. twitched athlete. You know, 995. It's a pretty generous score for the head vault. <laughs> It was certainly a, a well-performed. Like, she was pretty piked, wasn't she? It doesn't look like a completely straight body, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of feel like that with her floor tumbling, too. Really, like, Shellen, I'm not trying to dunk on her at all, but to me, like, her tumbling and vaulting versus some of the others, it, just, it feels a little sluggish mm-hmm. compared to some of the more, like, dynamic... She ends with the front full through the double tuck. And she was going so slowly. Even John and Alicia were saying she was kind of walking into that. Like, I didn't know how she was going to pull that double tuck around. But she just, yeah. she rotates so quickly. She's just that She's just fast there. kind of cat-like athlete that can find that landing, which was pretty impressive. There are still deductions to take for height and dynamics, certainly. But mm-hmm. can't take for those landings. She found them on this one. She did. She did. It was true. Yeah. Her style is different to me than a lot of the other athletes. Definitely. Definitely. The other thing I felt when we were watching Georgia on bars is I certainly miss Ryan Roberts. He was the bars coach for Bama, of course. And now he's the bars coach at Georgia. Uh-huh. Uh, and you Thank know, you. it was nice to see him, but I kind of <laughs> missed having him on Bama's team. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you do. No, glad to have him for sure. I assume that he's part of this culture change that we're seeing. Certainly. Yeah. She's been through a few different assistant coaches to find the right mix. Uh And if this means that they found the right mix, then that's great. Right. I don't know enough about Josh Overton and the dynamic there to really know if he was just falling on the sword or if he really was the issue. But him out and Ryan in, it's whether that's it. Or just a, a small piece of it. There's there's a big shift there. And isn't and that I, one of the reasons Victoria Wynn left is that she had been close with Josh? I don't know. Maybe. Because he had been at Chow's, I think, before when she was there. Okay. Yeah. That's what I had heard. That maybe that's one of the reasons that she ended up going to Florida, which she's doing so well at Florida this year. That was a very good transition for her. And I'm super happy for her. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, I mean, not not every gymnast is going to fit in every team. Like, there's there's a plates for people, and some athletes can be super happy at Georgia, and 
others can be super happy at Florida and wouldn't be the case vice versa. I'm enjoying watching a lot of these transfer situations that we're seeing with the the graduate changes and, and yeah. it's kind of fun to watch. Absolutely. And I agree with you. If it's not working at one place, that's not anything negative about you or about that team necessarily. Find sure. a place that's right. Find the right fit. It reminds me, do you remember when Maya Hooten entered the transfer portal in the offseason last year? Ended up deciding to stay at Minnesota. But it kind of was that, like, what's going on with her? What's going on with the team? Is something up? But, you know, she's in a great season at Minnesota this year. And when she'd gone to Georgia or Michigan, we'll take you, Mike. Then you would have had two electric floor routines at the end of Georgia's lineup. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, Maya's amazing. Maya's amazing. Amazing. I wasn't able to go to the Michigan-Minnesota meet because I was in Florida. Mm. And I'm really, really sad about it, especially since the meet last night got canceled. Yeah, so you were supposed to go to Michigan-Nebraska. Yeah. When that got canceled and then when Michigan State paused their athletics for a week or however long that was, I figured, well... Illinois and Michigan will get together and do a meet then. Yeah. Yeah, we behind the scenes wondered about that, but I guess that's kind of a lot to put together. I think it might have been easier if Illinois had been coming to East Lansing. Mm. I think that's a pretty easy shift to go to Ann Arbor. because they were planning for home. Yeah. Yeah. So. So maybe um, that's the whole thing. And Michigan is going to do their Nebraska meet right after Big Fives next weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes a lot of sense. So. Yeah, the way it played out, I figured smart on Bev and the coaching staff, you know, let's not add a meet and take the extra wear and tear, whereas right. we can so they take get a the rest week off. Week, and then they're already in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Do it one more time. They might yep. see maybe some playing with the lineups doing. Certainly. It would be the right. Like that. Be the right place to do it. It would be. Maybe we'll yeah. see some Kaylin Morgan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And more than just the exhibition, yes. Yeah. I'm ready. She's so good. So heading into rotation three, they interviewed Ashley Priest Johnston, and she said just all of her regular talking points. I don't think she said anything groundbreaking, but she, it was nice to see that she's nailed the thanks so much roll tide at the end of the interview. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tell me from a fan perspective how it is to have her there. Oh, I'm so excited to have her there. Yeah. 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 She. It's a, a good move, a good fit to have the former athlete back. It's been a little rocky with Courtney. So. Oh, truth. <laughs> it's not always the easiest thing to put your former star in as your head coach. Yeah. I feel like actually Priest Johnston had a different trajectory because she did do some associate and assistant coaching at some yeah. other top programs right. and really worked with championship level programs before coming back to take the reins. Not that Courtney can't be totally successful, but it just feels like she had a lot greater learning curve when she got to the head coach position. Yeah. No, throwing somebody in at the top, like it's so much more than just coaching. You're not just in the gym with the athletes. There is a whole world of behind the scenes stuff that head coaches deal with. And I would say that's the most important stuff. Yeah. It's what keeps your program going. (laughs) It's, It's your longevity. Yeah, the technical coaching is not the problem. <laughs> right, that's what your assistants are for. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think you're right. I think that makes a huge difference to, I mean, it wouldn't any job, right? Yeah. You start here and, and 
rise through and learn as you go. Yeah. And hearing some of her interviews, I feel like she's really mature, intelligent head coach. I feel like she's really embraced the opportunity and she knows the challenges and is just really doing a great job of keeping them going. You know, Alabama's always been a build throughout the season and be your best at the end of the season kind of program. That was one of the exciting things about the Bama-Georgia rivalry in the 90s, of course, right? Georgia was coming out hot, throwing all the big skills, and that was really exciting. As a Bama fan, it was kind of like, when are they going to stop getting these nine sixes and nine sevens at the beginning of the lockup? <laughs> but they'd slow and steady, they would build, and they won their national championships too that way. So I feel like she's continued on that path as well. We're seeing more people entering the lineups. We're seeing bigger skills and more quality routines as the season wears on. Yeah, I think Alabama is deeper than they get credit for. They have a lot of really, really talented athletes. And this became apparent to me when I was drafting my fantasy teams and realized that I had like eight or nine Alabama athletes across my teams. So I'm like, well, dang. And I'm really happy to have all of them. Like, yeah, so far this season, they've competed either nine or 10 athletes on each event. Two events, it's nine and two events, it's 10. So, you know, it isn't just lip service that Ashley was paying to wanting to have 10 deep on each event. She's really been putting that on the floor and letting everybody find their spot in the lineups. Yeah. So no, I think she's doing a good job. Now it's just figuring out for your fantasy team, which ones are going to go. It's going. Thank God for the 10 up. Yeah. Change because it just makes it easier. Like I'm still like throwing a dart at the wall for some 985s. Who's going to hit, who's not, but it makes it a lot easier. Trying to pick eight is a lot harder than 10 for some reason. Yeah. I'm in a private league that's a six up five count. Mm -hmm. I have a five up five count. It's a disaster. Ooh. Oh, I bet. Oh my gosh. Can like, you have alternates? No. Oh, it's just it's five up five count. Name five. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I have Jessica Hutchinson, who for no apparent reason only vaulted last week. Only vaulted last week. But slayed everything last night, so you're good. Right. <laughs> if you put her in. <laughs> I don't even know if I did. Well, I was. I spent so much time like trying to figure out how to take out all my Michigan, Michigan State athletes at the Nebraska, last. Nebraska, Illinois. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't have as many of, but I have a ton of Michigan and Michigan State. Some sure. all in the same league. Like I have one league that has Abby High School and Gabby Wilson and Bailey Garcia and Delaney Harkness. Well, I'm screwed. This, this score is getting dropped. But that five up five count, like it's a win if you, if you have. Get five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you have 20 routines that actually go. If you don't count a zero, you won that week. It's crazy. Yeah, my, in my six up five, I have Elizabeth Colton on beam, which normally is a dream come true, but she fell last night. Uh -huh. So now I've got to figure out like who else is. Yeah. Have everybody else. <laughs> And Wojcik is on that league. So, of course, I had to pull her and put in somebody else. So. Oh, right. So, yeah, I'm kind of in lesser lineup mode already. Right. One of my hard and fast, I'm completely shifting the topic here, tangent, but one of my hard and fast rules is to always put my top all-arounders in on everything, whether they've been hitting or That's even such a good rule. That is not. such a good rule. Because they'll just come out of nowhere and go 9975 and they haven't even been in the lineup. Shit. But Natalie, I wasn't putting it on four. And then she went 995. Nine, 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 yeah. I, I my own. This is why I have. 
I didn't have her on floor. I learned that rule this season with Reyna Worley. So Reyna was not getting very good vault and bar scores at the beginning of the season. So I'm just having her on beam and floor, and then she'll pop out a 9925 on bars. on vault, she's going to nail it. Pop out a 995 on vault. Yeah. Like, okay, I just need to remember, always put Reyna on all the pieces. And right. to my credit, I did put Lindsey Brown in floor this week. I did too. Probably because I had to, because half of my lineup was high. <laughs> but she got a huge score last night, so we're good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, if you, know, you drafted them first or second, maybe even third, put them in. That's why you pick them so high. That's such a good rule. And I always doubt them at some point because they get a 9825 and then mm -hmm. they come back the next week and get a 995. So yeah. you're absolutely Keep right. Them out. It's your fault. Keep them there. Yeah. Keep them. Always. So smart. <laughs> Fantasy tangent. Back to um, me. I love Maddie Walagora. I think she's a phenomenal, phenomenal gymnast. She did not get a 99 on floor last night. Oh, that no. Was not an accurate score. And that was where I was like, and if we had been at Alabama, I would have been throwing things. But I was like, okay, floor judges, this is how you're debuting. We're not going to see anything under 9-9 if this is what you're doing. To her credit, the front layout into front double twist is normally pretty out of control. I thought this one was just a slightly large step. I mean, this was probably a tenth of a point right there. And then the one and a half to front layout dismount doesn't rise on that second flip. So I'm with you. This was 9.8, 9.85, starting the rotation. Even Solid. if you're just looking at landings and not yeah. four, that was not a 9.9. Agree. Yeah. Agree. But then Amanda Cashman's shouldn't have been a 9.9 either. So. so trade you. Tradies. Bad <laughs> gift. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Georgia's on beam in the third rotation. I love Jeffree Scott's routine composition. It's so different. Yeah. She does that front handspring, landing on the two feet, into the back handspring, step out, layout, step out. And then the front handspring into the front fold, dismount. Really different and cool looking. And I heard the team on the sideline cheering for her, and it sounded like they were calling her free. So I wonder if her nickname is free. I think it is, yeah. That's a cool nickname. I love that. It's an amazing nickname. <laughs> Yeah, that's super cool. She's um, from Gage, right? I don't know. Maybe. Oh, okay. I don't know. You know, in no. the news this week. Yeah, and we're all shocked it hasn't happened before, right? I mean, yeah, either not shocked at all. <laughs> I shocked that it happened, shocked it took so long. Yeah. Like, Justice for the beautiful, strong, amazing athletes that all went through that program. Yeah. I mean... Technical genius, but nightmare human, I believe. It's easy to say from my point of view, but I can't imagine having a child and putting them in a program where athletes have literally died. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and yet some of the most beautiful athletes that we have have come out of there. A flip side. You know stage bombs. So yeah, I do. <laughs> I think some gym moms Am are I like a that. Stage mom? You're not a stage mom, but you've met them. <laughs> You're familiar with the concept. I'm familiar with the concept. I think there's some gym moms that are the same. They see little Susie's got a chance to win the medal and be on the podium. And if this is what it takes to get her there, that's what they're going to do. Yeah. That's not right. And that should stop. Right and he should not be coaching young children. 
But I think that's why people continue taking their children to him. Yeah. We are, we are up and down in this podcast this week. We have not gone in a straight line for more than one block. We've hit the high notes and we've really <laughs> hit the valleys too. So Josie Anthony, hero of the Georgia Bean rotation, yeah. what a solid routine. So her back handspring layout, step out, layout, step out. They showed the second angle on the replay from the side. And like, she had to put her second foot down so close to her first foot because she took up the entire beam with that series. Yeah. Like the fact that she didn't flip up the end was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, she's so good on beam. Yeah. How about Jackie Moran's save on her dismount? Wow. Okay, so just going into the round off, her one foot kind of looked off. And then they showed that close up on the foot slipped off. It completely came off the beam. She was able to pull around a full. I can't believe she landed on her feet. Good for her. That's that's some cat like. We've seen some there. gymnasts end up in a heap on the side with the similar challenges. Yeah. So good for her. And then good for Josie taking the beam right after that fall. Nailing it. Like not even a wobble. I thought. That was terrific. Totally stuck that dismount. And that's why it just, for me, Vanessa Denise had a couple of almost wobble where she had to finesse it. I thought her, I her splits were a little shy on her switch and her split jump. And I just thought great routine shouldn't be as high as Josie. No. Same score as Josie. Yeah. But they and had then, the same split. Did the judges both go, was it nine 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 five for both? Good question. Let me pull up the official score sheet. So Josie, Judge 1 was 995. Judge 2 was 990. Vanessa, it was flipped. Judge 1 was 990. Judge 2 was 995. How do you score that higher than Josie? Yeah. What? Judge 1 saw it as a half a tenth lower, as we did. Judge 2, what's happening? What are you doing, Judge 2? Yeah. And then Haley DeYoung, it was the same thing. Judge one went 990 and Judge two went 995. So I'm really blaming Judge two here. Judge two, take a seat. Let's see. Shall we name the judge? <laughs> Sharon Kelly. Sharon Kelly. Listen, Sharon Kelly. Josie's routine was better than Vanessa's and Haley's. Oh, God, there's been some bananas scoring this season. Bananas. I mean, I guess there always is, and we're up in arms every year, but. And maybe it feels worse in the moment every year, but it feels bananas this year. Yeah. And this meet, like we said, started out feeling pretty right on, a little soft, a little high, but differentiating the routines within the meet and pretty right on with what we see in the other SEC meets. But here in rotation three, it started getting wacky. It started getting wacky. Yeah. I absolutely agree with that. And like you said, floor was started a little loose. Gabby Gladio, I thought was a huge highlight for Bama. She's got that huge full end that just looks so controlled. She's going to be a star. She's their future Luisa Blanco. Like, she'll be the one people talk about. Such height on those leaps, such height on her tumbling. She just has such raw, natural talent. At least that's what it seemed like. It just seems like she's bursting with talent she could do everything the front layout into the rudy into the split jump she keeps her body so straight on those two tumbles and then into that huge split jump it's just very impressive that's the way you want to see it yeah 
Yeah, she's phenomenal. She's pretty, right? Yeah. She's one that you just really enjoy watching because her gymnastics is so pretty. Yeah. Legs are straight. Body positions are good. Touch your toes. Goes so high on that full end. Really, really good. Luisa Blanco, I thought was another standout. Now, her score was too high, but she did a really nice job. You know, not to call anybody out, there were some routines in this meet where there was some lack of commitment to the choreography, to the dancing, to the playing with the audience. So when somebody does it, you just want to really lift them up, right? And Luisa is one that commits to that dancing and really connects with the audience. I thought she did a beautiful job. Mm -hmm. Her leaps, of course, are gorgeous. Right. Her tumbling was a little not as controlled in this one as it has been in the past. Those front foot moved a little bit on the double pike and the double tuck. So I thought 995 was a little bit high, but it was nice to see that the artistic side was so great. Yeah. And we were seeing nine nines that were not nine nines. So in terms of loose scoring, it probably was a nine nine five compared to those nine nines, if that's what you're giving them. That's right. Yeah. The you problem I mean? was starting on a nine nine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's some room. Give us some accuracy. Yeah, I would be fine if the judging just came down overall a little bit. It would help separate the the great athletes. It would. Absolutely. So I'm going to give the Alabama fans another chance to to dislike me. I said at the beginning of the season that I was so happy not to have to see Emily Gaskins hoedown again. What? And yet, there it is. And there it is. Emily's on the side, cheering. Following me. And Lily's doing the hoedown. Why, Lily? Why is this your legacy? Yeah. Uh, she, she teased it in an interview earlier this season. She's like, I'm doing a routine. It's a tradition. And I thought, oh, so she's going to be the one that they give the yay Alabama music to or something. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that this was what the tradition was going to be. Think it's your moonwalk. Oh, please don't let this be the moonwalk. Oh, it's your moonwalk. This is this is your routine now. Hold on till you die. I thought Ashley Priest Johnston saying, thank you, Real Tide, was my moonwalk. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh dear okay well we all have to accept things in this life so i guess that looks like that's the move take some time don't talk to me for the next week i'm gonna need to process this that is so ridiculous that like that was the one thing i was like thank god that's behind us but it's not she's it's such a gorgeous dancer too it's like come on oh. She doesn't need to be hoedowning. It's take a page from Jaylene Gilstrap. That's how you do the extension pretty routine in college. Mm -hmm. Not yeah. this hoedown. Lily Hudson is a favorite of mine. You know, a lot of teams have this like second all arounder, like a Maddie Dagan or yeah. like a Cassie. Oh, Stewart. yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, you can count on them. They're going to be good. Put them in another team and they're unequivocally the star athlete. But they're right. at this top program where there is a Luisa Blanco or a Jade Carey. And I think she's really, really good and just someone, you know, you can count on. She's got a level of intensity, too. Like, you can tell she's a real competitor. She mm -hmm. can turn it on when she needs to turn it on. And you can tell that she's upset when something doesn't go exactly right. Speaking of moving into the next rotation, the way she saved that beam series. Mm -hmm. un Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. She does the front aerial into back handspring step out, layout step out. 
thought the connection was a little slow there. So like maybe the front area was already feeling a little bit off. And on that layout step out, that first foot slipped off entirely. She was able to get her second foot on there and save it. That was remarkable that she was yeah. able to. We saw a lot of wild beam saves this meet. <laughs> like my leg is up, but I'm staying on. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I'm staying right here. I'm not moving. They ended up counting that score because Rachel Rybicki had some problems earlier in the lineup. She had yeah. to wobble to the side. They, they ended up counting a 9775. 9775. They yeah. actually counted two of them because that's what Gabby got as well. Oh, is it? Yeah. I felt like Louise's beam score was a little bit high, even though she does a beautiful routine. And if it had come down to that being what put them over the edge, I probably would, would have been a little upset. But I agree with you. You know, we had just seen Josie Anjani with that absolute wobble free beam routine. Luisa Blanco, she was doing her back handspring step out, layout step out. Sometimes it's two layout step outs. And I'm not sure when she makes the decision to just do one or to do two. If she was planning to do one or if she pulled out after the first one, because it seemed like she had a little bit of extra momentum after that first layout step out. She took kind of yeah. a bigger step back. And that's what I thought the main deduction was in that routine. It was already, it was a done deal at that point, but. Shout out to Bama. They stuck five of those six beam dismounts. That was pretty impressive. Only Gabby Gladio's double tuck was not stuck. All the one and a halfs and the gainer backpikes and all that were all totally stuck. So you can tell they're working on all those little details as they right. head into the deeper part of the season. It's just some of these wobbles snuck up and, and got them in some of its routines. Yeah, definitely. So Georgia over on floor started out very exciting. <laughs> Maeve Han stepping in for her first ever career floor routine as and a it was sophomore. Beautiful. She's got such floaty tumbling. It was yeah. gorgeous. Pretty. I was. That was great to see. Yeah, that front so double twist. Like, mm -hmm. We have depth. <laughs> I can see her being in this lineup, this lineup for sure. Yeah, yeah. You just made a case for yourself. Mm -hmm. yeah, that was great. I was super impressed. I wrote, "Maeve, so proud." Yeah, she did a great job. She really, really did. That was exciting. Yeah. Really exciting. Especially with Nicole King getting injured. And being Hopefully that's not too long of a recovery for her. I was very impressed with Sandra Elsadek. I was not familiar with her from Ball State, but she did a great job. Huge tucked full in. She does a fun, like, one-arm front handspring as part of her choreography. So just some different, unusual moves. I just thought she did a great job. Yeah. She was in the lineup in Vegas mm. and she's good, but this was by far the best she's looked. Yeah. So I feel like she's kind of settling in and it was a really good rotation. A really good rotation. And sorry, fluky for Haley. Oh, yeah. Outside of bounds. And I, I, I feel horrible for her because. It might have been an off day for her because we didn't talk about her bars routine, but a lot of strange things happened in her bars routine. Her first handstand was a little archy and kind of twisted like to the side, like she kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. twisted the side and then came back. And then her bail was really crooked and a big leg separation. And I don't know, it was just kind of, it all seemed kind of off. She's one of those athletes that I feel like has not been able to live up to her potential. Mm. 
because she's so good and she's so oh, pretty yeah. she hits, but she's had some inconsistency. And I don't know if that's been the culture at Georgia that she just hasn't found her groove or I feel like she's having a better year than she has, but should have had a stronger NCAA career than she has. Could have been a really, really big career. Yeah. 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 She went for that triple twist at the end of her floor routine. And it looked like it just over-rotated. She kind of ended straight up and down and had to take like two steps back. It ended up going out of bounds. Shut it up close. And like, if she'd had a little bit more, like, another second of awareness of where that foot was, she could have saved that out of bounds. Yeah. Or or like maybe that the mat wasn't placed exactly right oh, or something. That. Yeah. Which, that's on the coaches. Yeah, that's not good. Sometimes you see people tumbling near one of those mats and their takeoff looks like it's so close to the edge of the mat. Like if they were one inch further in their back handspring, they might have the, the mat. mat on takeoff. That always looks scary to me. Like, yes, I agree. You don't want something underneath your feet when you're taking off that's unexpected. <laughs> no, no. You, you want to have your footing when you're punching. <laughs> yeah. So that was managers, amazing. careful with those mats. Right. Let's get the tape down and get it together. Get the placement right. Big props to Naya Howard. I also thought she showed a lot of commitment in her dance. Like she's got fun, modern club kind of sounding music and really yeah. good dance. Big tumbling, of course, and big leaps. But I really thought her artistry was strong on this team. Yeah, I'm a big fan. And then, I mean, Soraya, what can you say? It's gorgeous. And I wish that she had had the chance mathematically to win it there. Yeah. But certainly didn't stop her. I've had her on fantasy for a couple of seasons. And yeah. she's not the most consistent. She'll have a great meet and sort of a, you know, a couple of steps on this one. This was such an electric routine. She did a great job. I had a smile on my face the whole time. But the double layout that she keeps pretty hollow most of the way around and absolutely nailed it. Her jumps are really high. I made a note too that the Michael Jackson music incorporate a lot of the like vocal sounds into it. And I thought, oh, that's kind of a cool way to like connect with the music without using lyrics, right? Because uh-huh. it's just vocal production. <laughs> yeah. It's a really, really good routine for her. Yeah. Such a good routine. I really enjoy watching her. She did a great job. And, you know, to the point of the squirrely judging, she got a 995, which was very well-deserved, but it was tied with Luisa Blanco, whose score was a little bit too high. So Soraya should have been head and shoulders above everybody else because that was the routine of the meet on floor. I agree. Yeah. Georgia won beam and floor. Yes. Georgia won the, the back two events. Bama won the first two. It was just two-tenths of a point different than the end, 197.525 for Alabama. Georgia scored their season high with the 197.325. I think that really shows... Or their multi-season high. Right. When's the last time they scored a 197.325? I don't have that at hand, but that's a good question. I don't either, and I've certainly blocked it out. But yeah, I'm just really excited that I feel like they're they're on a comeback trajectory. Absolutely. And they've shown that they they can put together a complete meet and they can get yes. that solid low to mid 197 score. If they can keep doing that for the rest of the season, 
they're currently ranked 19th. I can see them getting up into the top 16 and being ranked going into regionals. I think that's a totally achievable goal for them. They want to make that sweet 16 on the second day of regionals. That would be great. They'll definitely have some individuals go to nationals if they don't make it as a team. So it's great to see the renaissance season for Georgia that was promised is really coming to fruition. And it is not just all the transfers and grad transfers. I mean, these freshmen really came through for the team. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to see it as a whole team effort because it is half or more than half transfers and freshmen at this point. Yeah. But the old guard is still doing their thing and making their mark. And I I feel like they have a complete team. Clearly they do. Mm. Yeah. I'm I'm very hopeful as a fan that the worst is behind us. But but, but. that was just a blip. They did mention that they've been on the road for, I think, three weeks straight. And this was a home return. And you, I think that gave them a boost too. I think being back in their home arena, not having traveled this week, I think that was really good for them. What do you think Alabama's going to do? How far do you I think, think they're going to go? I think they're going to be in it in the Super 16, in the Sweet 16 for possibly making it. I think they're going to have to really have their best day. Mm-hmm. Similar to previous seasons, you know, they had their best day last year and they made it. They've had previous years when they didn't have their best day at that regionals and they didn't. They just moved up to ninth, I think, this past week. They had been lower than that. You know, they first hit a 198 this last week. So I think when they put it all together, they can do it. Yeah. It always makes me nervous because you want to see that consistency a couple of weeks of that huge number. But I just think that's not been their style. And I think that's not Ashley Priest Johnston's style. I think she's going to put the best team on the floor at the end of the season. I have to <laughs> We're all just crossing your fingers, fingers until <laughs> what does that mean? What does that look like? Yeah, I mean, they course. certainly have the talent. Oh yeah. yeah. They have the ability. They just have to put it together. Mm-hmm. But there are just so many teams this year that have the talent and the ability. Yeah. I still I feel like it's gonna be an upset if the final floor is anybody but Oklahoma, Florida, Michigan, Utah. I just I think those are They've really separated themselves. And the next four is what's really kind of up for grabs. Great. But the fact that LSU is still on the top eight with the kind of rough season they have had, I mean, that could go either way at regionals, I think. Oh, definitely. UCLA, as we know, can go any direction. In any direction. (laughs) Uptown diagonally. I think there are a lot of teams that could just, I mean, like in Auburn last year. Yeah, and and Missouri last year. I mean, yeah, definitely. Amazing. Totally deserved it. No one would have called it going into regionals if that would have happened. Yeah, so yeah. I think Alabama can be one of those additional four teams that goes. And and like you said, there's a a long list of people that can do this. Yeah, regionals is going to be really, really exciting. Ohio State? Ohio State. What a season they're having. Yeah. When they put it together, they're fantastic. And I got to see them in Ann Arbor a couple weeks ago. Mm, Cool. Uh, Yeah, they're really good, but they're definitely, they're one of those teams that it's, they're either going to hit or they're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. They hit at the right time. Watch out. There are a lot of teams like that. Denver. Penn State had a good meet last night, didn't they? Oh, I didn't see. 
Gib, have you watched any of the other meets from last night? No. Mm-hmm. So I watched the beginning of Kentucky, Arkansas, the first two rotations when both teams looked great. Arkansas was getting like nine nine vibes on bars from their freshmen, like just phenomenal. And then I switched over to to Georgia, Alabama, and apologies to Arkansas. They immediately had a beam meltdown that apparently was my fault. I saw in fantasy this morning that Kiara Giafania, who's on my fantasy team, had a fall. And I think they had four faults. Four of them fell. Yeah. yeah. I think the whole middle of the lineup fell. Like I think Calixta huh. and Nora hit and everybody in between fell. I'm it's just first. Don't pay attention to the middle of the lineup. Right. It's just the person last that count, right? Like they they had a, a Georgia wow. conversation. Wow. Yeah. So 195.4 for them. By far their season low. So and it started off so good. Mm. Did you Watched LSU Florida? No. Mm. We have a little dinner party RuPaul with some friends every Friday. So I'm always, Saturday's my catch up. Friday Night Heights? I mean, RuPaul schedules his show and then there's Friday Night Heights. And what can you do? Wow. That's a lot happening at once. Last weekend it was fine because Metroplex, no one could see it anyway. (laughs) But now today I get to catch up on all the meat that I missed from last night. What, yeah. Which one should I watch first? What was the most exciting one? I haven't finished Arkansas, Kentucky. I'm not sure I want to. I'm not sure I want to see mm-hmm. it because I really enjoyed the beginning of the meet. LSU, Florida was was exciting. It was good. Florida was not on their game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that and, makes it close. <laughs> right. LSU had the best meet of their season. Florida was off. Florida was off and went like nine, 197, 975 or something. Oh, I see. An yeah. off night for Florida. And it was, and it was, you know, there was some bonkers scoring. Their lineups are really, really interesting to me. Like some of those choices I don't get, but they're getting the scores that they need to stay up there. So who am I to ask what they're doing? Yeah, it's kind of a Florida tradition, right? To kind of bury that six score, the coast a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I think the um, judges would be a little bit more. I don't know why Peyton Richards is anchoring bars when you've got Trinity and Leanne. Yeah. And, and hers, it just isn't as clean, you know. It isn't. and it's, She can hit a solid set, but it's just not as clean. She can hit any of the four events, but will she? I don't know. Does and me? will her be separated? Yes, they will. <laughs> you know. So, yeah, she had a, a pretty scary miss during vault warm-ups. Oh, last night. Yeah, where it looked like the vault had been set too low. And... Ooh. She crashed, but then she she hit her vault in the when it counted. So, so that was at, an interesting meet. At Rutgers, I saw them change the height of the vault for one of their athletes who was doing a souk. And mm-hmm. then they changed it back to, I guess, the Yurchenko setting. So I wonder if they're allowed to be within a certain range depending on what the athlete needs. So maybe they had just left somebody yeah. else's setting. Maybe. I don't know. That's always kind of scary to me, like changing the settings on bars. And they obviously know what they're doing, but. Gave me a lot of Sydney flashbacks when Uh they went down and started raising the vault. I was having Sydney flashbacks. Yeah. Don't touch it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We have shared trauma. Yes. So, yeah, that was interesting. I mean, am I spoiling it for you? If I. No. I don't know what happened. LSU won. Really? Yeah. Florida's, Has anyone checked on Dr. Sam? 
Is Dr. Sam okay? You're okay. (laughs) So she tweeted that it wasn't their best night, but she was proud. Like, you know, as we all do. Great. No, okay. That's now I know I have to watch that one. (laughs) You do. You do have to watch that one. And unless you really did put it together. It's also just that team all around, which made me so happy. That team's been scrapping it through a lot this season. So to see them put together a solid meet, that's also really exciting, you know, because they've relied on a smaller core of athletes. Georgia in the 90s, you know, they've got a few all arounders who are carrying that team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you lose a Kaya Johnson and you got to start taping things together as best you can. So it looks like they've kind of figured out. Olivia didn't compete, right? No. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. she's now got the labrums and the torn biceps, I think. So. Yeah, but apparently she's still doing routines in the gym without arms. I don't understand how you do farce without arms. But. Livy can. <laughs> okay, Livy. That's that's why everyone's outside screaming for you because you're like magic. Is that why? Is that why I can't? I don't think that's why. Haley Bryant, of course, was uh, gorgeous and amazing. Then is flawless. And I know that they're different, but her nearly laid out front pike half just gives me pleasant flashbacks to Leah Brown's nearly laid out front yeah. pike half. She nailed that last night. Nailed it. Oh, Leah got another ten. Which one this time? Oh, yeah. She's going for the gym slam. She's going for the gym slam. Just, Just bars is all check, she check, needs, check. right? Yeah. Yeah. For her. Yeah. So next week. It's great to see her having a great season. It felt like last season she was still getting her feet under her. And yeah. now this season it's like that everything she can my, use. My prediction for the year, like who's going to be the, the sophomore glow up. And I was like, I feel yeah. Like just watching her at the, what do they call it? Tigers 101 or that's not right. Whatever they call it. Yeah. Whatever that is. Whatever that is. So it's like, mm-hmm. she's ready. She's going to do it this year. And yeah, she's just checking boxes. I'll take a 10 on beam this week. This one. This one. The close-up of her when her vault 10 came up was so joyful. Like it was just, she was yeah. not expecting it. And so happy. And it's one of those things that I'm sure when you're at that level, you're just when is it going to happen? Is it ever going to happen? You know, all yeah. of that stuff. And that's Very really exciting. exciting for her. Yeah. And Sarah was in the audience last night. It's in the crowd. Oh, nice. Yeah. What about the third sister? There's the third sister that went to SEMO or someplace. There, I believe, was another sister sitting with Sarah. I can't say that for sure. Oh, maybe she was there too. But I think the, the family was was there. Nice. And they got to do really, really good showing for LSU. Oh, good. Well, that's an exciting meet to be at. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, their social media is like. <laughs> oh, because Utah did that whole social media thing when they beat them with the bird holding the crown and stuff. So. Oh, I think I missed that. Now it's their chance to dig into the social media. Yeah. Great. Well, everything EAUX. With the UX, like Gabby yeah. Gladio. Right. <laughs> Obviously, she was meant to get to LSU. I know. That's what Spencer keeps saying. It's like, oh. surely Jay hit that really hard in the recruiting. Like, hello, this is meant to be. Go, go, Gladio. Like, what? Obviously. We're very happy to have her at Bamos. Yes. But <laughs> her name doesn't ride with Tide. That's right. That's right. She's not the same. Not the same fit. 
But yeah, I'm sure you're thrilled to have her because she's amazing. Who's today? Who's competing today? Oh, it's a smaller list of meets. Oklahoma's behind a paywall again, aren't they? Springfield at Cortland, Bridgeport at William & Mary, Arizona at Oregon State, and UCLA at Cal. Those are the two big Pac-12 back-to-backs. Okay. Rutgers at Iowa and Townsend at LIU. So is Dr. Sam going to be on the call for that one again? Maybe. She had mentioned that she was going to do it again. So we got to tune in to hear that. Yeah, for sure. And see Mara Tatarsole. Maybe get her first 10. No, oh, her please. second 10. Please. Oh, Emily Lopez got a 10 on bars. I did see that. That's yeah. amazing. Absolutely. For all those 10s that Emily Muhlenhoff didn't get. But should finally, have. Finally, now Emily Lopez gets one. Yeah. It was just, they were waiting for another Emily, I guess. <laughs> Which Emily will get the 10? Yeah, Muhlenhoff got robbed so many times. Robbed so many times. Amazing. Oh. Judge two, I'm looking at you. And then is it tomorrow? Oklahoma's behind a paywall at TWU. I don't understand these like lesser programs paywalling their meets. Like, why would you yeah. not? Wouldn't you want the exposure for Texas? Yeah, Olympics? especially when Oklahoma's going to be there and everybody wants to tune in. That's going to be a huge scoring meet, right? Is it? I Are feel like that there? one's going to be massive. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. And then we've got Auburn, Missouri on Sunday. That'll be really exciting, I think. Yeah. And it's at Missouri. And then Monday, since it's a holiday, we get Utah, Arizona State. I know. And I haven't seen Washington again. I haven't seen Arizona State yet this year. I saw them in Vegas. Oh, right. So, yes. I lived in Scottsdale for four years. It's where my Whoa. son was born. And used to go to meets there. And the year that I was with the Georgia team was the year that Arizona State finished second. Like, we were, oh, right. we were just walking in like, you know, Georgia's got this. And then fell apart on beam in the first rotation. And UCLA got their first win. And Arizona State finished second. And we took third, which was amazing after three falls on beam to get third. But I always had like a little soft spot for Arizona State. And I think Emily White is so beautiful. And oh, she's before. great. I love having Hannah Scharf on fantasy teams. Yeah, she's so consistent. So that's on Pac-12, Utah, Arizona State on Monday. And Anaya Smith is back on vault. Yes. That'll be good. So we've got some we've got some good meets still to watch. If people aren't already following you and want to check you out on Twitter, how can they reach you? I am at Gymnastics Fluff on Twitter because I am a 90s gym fan and it was all about the fluff because that was the only access that we had. All about the fluff. Gymnast Magazine and NBC Fluff was it. And will you be in Fort Worth this year? I am absolutely planning to be in Fort Worth. I just need to lock down some childcare. <laughs> um, well, let's yeah. have a margarita in Texas. Yes. And yes. thank you so much for joining this week. And I hope we can do it again sometime. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Thank you. We'd love to hear from you. What would you like to hear us discuss next? You can reach out to me on Twitter at KentyMac or email KentyMac at gmail.com. Please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, check out video of some of these conversations on my YouTube channel, KentyMac Gymnastics. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Stay safe and enjoy gymnastics. 
Double Back with Kenty Mac. I met Mohini Bahardwaj on her recruiting visit. Like just random, amazing little things happened. That's awesome. Speaking yeah. of recruiting trips, I was in the student union at Alabama one day having lunch and I looked over and at the table next to me, Sarah Patterson was there having lunch with Amanda Borden. Oh, casual. So that, oh, so Amanda's on a recruiting trip here. She ended up committing, I think, to Georgia and then deciding to and go pro. Yeah. And the year I was there should have been their freshman year when um, they went pro. Yeah. But they did come do an exhibition at one of the meets. And my job was to pick them up at the airport and take them to the meet. Oh, wow. And Amanda was really sweet. And JC, like, I don't think trusted me. I don't know why. I don't know why I got that vibe. She was just like, what's in this for you? Oh, my gosh. So Amanda so and I had talked about our, our boyfriends in Colorado. I was dating this random skier dude that I had met on a trip to Aspen. Oh, I love that. So they came and they actually performed on the equipment. They afternoon. did. They did their Macarena routine. Okay. <laughs> you remember that? Yes. And I was like, did you guys choreograph? And they're like, ew, no. We got that on the tour. Thanks. Ew. <laughs> but that was the moment. The Macarena was the moment. Oh, they met the moment, baby. They did. Talk about Bama meeting the moment at this meet. They were meeting the moment with their Macarena routine. They were there in the moment. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah, that was really, really fun. And Karen Litchie and Sam Uleman were on the team and they had all trained together at Cincinnati. At Cincinnati. Yeah. So it was like a little reunion for them. And so, yeah, that was fun. That was fun. And I have like a stack still of signed eight by tens that they did. Well, that's cool. And we were down in my, in my basement gymnastics so memorabilia. 